You're listening to Sibling Talk, commentary from a progressive point of view. Now here are your hosts, John Paulette and Mary Jo Tumer. Hello, I'm John Paulette. And I'm Mary Jo Tumer. You know, it's really getting my underwear in a bundle uh, today. Is <laughs> Marjorie Taylor Green. I got her name right, right? You did, yeah. yeah. Who is a congresswoman, if folks haven't heard. And Marjorie, uh, I mean, let's just be direct. Marjorie says a lot of dumb crap, but but she's gone beyond even her high standards for this. And she was talking about a supermarket that uh, requires customers to wear masks. She could cover a lot of them, but this one. And she compared it to uh, the Germans making or requiring Jews to wear yellow stars to identify. How she made that leap is anybody's guess. And she went on and she kind of compared Nancy Pelosi, who she calls insane. This love that Marjorie thinks this and to <coughs> sending um uh, sending people to the camps. She's comparing it to the Holocaust, for God's sake. So all this came up, and someone of my acquaintance uh, said, not supporting her or anything, but they did say, you know, I mean, that's her opinion, I guess. It's a free country in terms of free speech. And I wanted to scream, no, no, we are not free to offer things that are simply not the fact, not the truth, and we know it, and somehow make it be be like, well, it's my opinion, so that's okay. It makes it true. Am I getting all twisted up about nothing here? Well, you are twisted up, but um, I'm not sure that's about nothing. You know, we've talked in the past about the problem with false equivalencies. That's even worse than a false equivalency because it's not like it's two, you know, two points of view that aren't really connected to each other. In this case, she's connected the wearing of masks to one of the greatest crimes against humanity that ever took place. And my understanding, and you're a better student of history than I am, that the point of having the Jews wear the yellow star was to identify them, but it was also a humiliation, right? I mean, it's like a public humiliation to put your, to force people um, to wear, you know, the scarlet letter in a sense. In yeah, public. I mean, to use a trendy word now, it's, it's to marginalize. It's to say you are the outer class, uh, their outer caste almost. And here we want to be able to see when we're walking down the street, who you are, you must always be identified. And you need to understand you are always in danger, which proved to be the case. So, I mean, the the real equivalency, if there is any, with wearing the mask would be if we had gone to a place that said all non-vaccinated people are required by law to wear a mask. And then that is identifying and we are shaming people because of that. But that's not what's happening, John. 
No, it's not. I mean, she can't even get her equivalencies right. Correct. And honestly, a lot of the people wearing masks are people who have been vaccinated. It's the kind of the irony of it that we still wear masks. She she doesn't. So, you know, they say one way to identify the unvaccinated is they don't have masks on. <laughs> but, you know, you get my point that she misunderstands the history of the Holocaust. But as importantly, she misunderstands the moment. And I think it's because she, and she's not alone, but she may be the leader of the group, has really um, taken every single circumstance that's happened and gone the way of the crazy. Instead of taking a set of facts and analyzing it and thinking about it, thinking, you know, what's the truth here? And that's what we're required to be as adults. And she's a leader. She's a congressperson. I know. And it, I mean, it goes to the heart of our problem, I guess. And, and our regular listeners know we go back to this all the time. The need for truth and the need for critical thinking that leads you to it. I, you know, this coming fall, I'm going to teach a class in the history of television. And I've been really working on trying to plan and uh, think about this. And I was just reading uh, about the Stephen Colbert show. Remember before yeah. uh, Late Night, when he was still kind of playing the character. The Colbert you know, Report? Wasn't it called the Colbert Report? or the Colbert Report, that's right. And it, you know, one of the stunning things about that was he managed to stay in character for whatever that was, like 15 years. He never broke character. But the point I really want to make on this, do you know it was on his first episode that he coined the word truthiness as a way to describe, well, it's not true, but it kind of sounds like it must be true. That is now commonly included in dictionaries and one of the biggest linguistic societies uh, named it at one point the word of the year. And from what I could tell, Stephen Colbert made it up. But isn't it exactly appropriate to many of these people? Well, I mean, the stealing of the election, it's not true, like in a literal sense of, you know, like true, but it sounds like it could be true. And that's enough. Why not have an audit? So is that, I mean, are you thinking about that in terms of something is said or some asserted and rather than think about it, research it, look into it, you just accept it for what it is and that's a truth. And if you only watch certain media or read certain media, certain books, then you're never getting the counter point of view or the counter perspective. And think about Stephen Colbert. That's it's such a great example because there was a guy who used to work with me, very conservative guy, and he tells me, oh, I love Stephen Colbert, man, that guy's on the money. And I told him, dude, you understand that's satire, right? Like, he doesn't believe any of that shit. And he did not know that. No. Yeah, and oh. I was like, well, he follows Jon Stewart. That should have been the first. Yeah, maybe the clue. <laughs> I, it's like the people, and... I got to kind of include our dad on this. 
he loved Archie Bunker and all in the family, but I don't think he understood Archie Bunker. No. I think he thought, you know, yeah, that guy's hitting a lot of things right on the money. I actually, the greatest example, the greatest master, not example, the greatest master of truthiness was Donald Trump. And I'm thinking about during the birther time, before he ran for president, do you remember how he used to talk about it? He'd say, well, no, many people say this. It could be. I don't know. Maybe maybe there's other, other evidence in other ways. And he'd sit on shows like The View and say, well, it's up to me. Maybe that's the birth certificate. Maybe it's not. Maybe we ought to find out. I mean, it was all this dancing around that says, I'm never going to look at anything that's real or real evidence or anything that makes any sense. It's just going to kind of sound kind of truthy in a way. So, And I think yeah, Marjorie's there. Go ahead. Yeah, please. I think so, too. I mean, because these are folks like in her case, or these would be the big lie people who don't feel any obligation at all to find the truth and to be a purveyor of truth. And that's very troubling in um, leadership. I mean, it's one thing if you have a bunch of whack jobs doing that, but we can see from the, the January 6th insurrection what happens when leaders, who I assume know better, maybe they don't, um, you know, traffic in this kind of lies, Let's say they even believe that they haven't done their due diligence to figure out, is it true, right? Did Trump really lo lose? Or they're saying Trump really won. That's, you can figure that out. It's not like it's impossible to know the answer to that question. And I think when you're in a leadership role, you have an obligation to the people who have elected you to lead to figure out the truth and tell the truth. That's different than having policy differences. I think it's, we did talk about this commission the other day. This is one of the things I'm struggling with about that commission, which is these folks are so afraid of the truth that they have told themselves a series of lies so that they can say, we're not even going to figure out the truth. Their obligation is to figure out the truth so that we can go forward as a country. So, it, you know, in a way I understand, God bless me for saying this, Kevin McCarthy's perspective, which is there's nothing I can do about Marjorie Taylor Greene. She was elected. That is true. But you can speak against her so that she doesn't get elected again. Absolutely. And you can censor her. I mean, do you remember, this is, a, talk about an equivalency. Do you remember when, um, what's her name? Elon Omar, I think. She's one of the squad. Right. And yeah. she came out with that anti-Semitic statement. And she was censored by the yeah. Republic, by the Democrats. You know, it was a big, you know, brouhaha. But... I think it was appropriate for the Democrats to say, you can have your policy differences, but you cannot be an anti-Semite. No, you absolutely can't. And I, I think you are so directly on the point in talking about uh, the commission to investigate January 6th. Did you notice 
The Republicans cannot come up with a reason why they're opposing this. The one sen senator uh, says it's too soon. I think it's Roy Blunt. It's, I mean, it's like after uh, a tragedy. We can't talk about this. It's too soon. Another Republican, John Thune, says, uh, no, it's too long. We can't wait. It's got to be done by, by December. Some say, well, we've got to broaden it. We've got to look at that. They can't come up with an answer. And why not? Because the answer is we do not want to find the truth. We don't. And if we know that if the truth was presented in front of us, that's bad for you. So it's the world. If the truth is bad for you, you're doing something wrong. Well, yeah, John, it's interesting, really, when you think about it, because I don't even think Donald Trump is the entire reason why they don't want that. Because I, I think it's part of it, and Trump doesn't want it. But I think many of them are afraid for their the own actions that were taken. And if one of the systemic issues that is resolved by the commission is the... Um, the wink and the nod for all these Republicans to those uh, insurrectionists, then they're complicit. And somehow now they've convinced themselves that not only weren't they complicit, but it wasn't really an insurrection. And that the Democrats, as Democrats always do, they're just overreacting to the whole thing. So do you see what I mean? It's, it is partly Trump, but it's more than Trump. And even um, Liz Cheney is unable to say, uh, as she should, I enabled Trump. I am partly responsible for what happened on January 6th. In other words, part of um, being a grown-up <laughs> is to say, I own a piece of what happened there by not stopping or pushing back on Trump five years ago. Like they all, everybody let it happen and then they encouraged him, encouraged him on the stop the steal. Then we have January 6th. Well, they have to own that. And what we found out is they're not going to own any piece of that. And I'm going to extend this to one more piece of news from today, but I think it'll relate to this. Cy Vance, uh, what's the right term? The federal attorney, the district, something attorney for New York. The, the prosecutor there announced that they have impaneled a criminal grand jury to look into Trump's business activities and other things. We could talk about that more, but you know what I can hear? No, it's a witch hunt. There were no crimes. There is no indictment. This isn't a real trial. It's being done by some other group. Why not? Even if the man is convicted and sent to jail, they will say, no, it didn't happen. This comes on the same day uh, that the guy who did the shooting uh, down of the black church in the Carolinas wants a brand new trial because nothing you saw or heard then really happened. I, can you see why I'm all balled up? <laughs> exactly, because it's so important, at least this has been my approach to my own life, to how I parented my own kids, and I think probably how you did for your daughter and how you teach, that we must take responsibility for our own actions, no matter how painful and embarrassing that is. And when you create a, a 
culture like we live in now where nobody's ever responsible for anything that happens because I'm just going to rewrite the truth, different version of some kind of truthiness, um, that, that isn't good and it's not healthy and particularly not healthy in a democracy that requires shared truth. Yeah, sorry that I have to run. I have a meeting of the Flat Earth Society tonight. <laughs> Talk to you later. All right, bye. Bye. Sibling Talk is a JMP production. Theme song by David Paulette.